Welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I will say this is kind of a, uh, it's been what, like six straight days of awesome weather. I, I love October for that reason. And it's funny, I saw a meme where it's like a, um, an old lady with a walker, and I guess it's with, with her granddaughter, is walking with her. And the old lady in, in the caption is like, October used to be cold. And then the daughter and the granddaughter's like, that's entirely your fault, Grandma. <laughs> We're just ignoring global warming for decades. But I will, and you know what? I'm off for the next few days for Halloween, my favorite holiday. And I said, you know, if it rains Saturday, I'm okay because we had like five beautiful days in a row of just great weather. And sure enough, it's supposed to be clear all day. I'm like, ooh, oh, okay. I will take it. Odie, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Just got my nails done. Got them chopped down. Back to a nude color. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Feeling good. Going to see one of my favorite aunties later. Okay. And that's looking good. Looking good weather-wise. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to... you like for me, someone like me who's been very sedentary lately, you know it's great weather when I when I just make excuses to go outside now. <laughs> like, I, like I already went to the supermarket this morning, so I have tons of food, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'll grab a sandwich later just because it's so nice outside. You know. So, all right, Odie, what you got for us today? Let's see. So it's been a slow news week. So I can't say what's been going on for real, for real. Let's see. Let me look at my notes here. Okay. So I would say the most like interesting thing that came up because I didn't have this ending this way or heading this way necessarily. Uh In retrospect, it's like, should I really be surprised? Um, And it has to do with Tasha K. So we know Tasha K is the infamous blogger who got sued by Cardi B. Cardi sued her for basically saying that she had an STD. Cardi went to court, got tests done, proved that she did not have it, which obviously made her case that this was slander. And um, yeah, she successfully won for a ridiculous amount of money that we know Tasha K doesn't have. And Tasha K has been asking for a reduced payment. That ain't happening either. Cardi ain't let her foot up off her neck. She's been threatening to garnish checks, take property, all types of stuff. Well, this week, Cardi seems to have had a change of heart. Um, She kind of hints at it. I forgot exactly how she phrased it, but she basically hints at the fact that she might forgive this debt. Mm. which would be very very gracious of her because i'm not that like i'm not that gracious i'll i'm petty to the end um and so it's looking like she might she might forgive it i hope not i really hope the interesting thing though is how this all time this is what the actual update is um i mean not that that's not an update in and of itself but uh Tasha K 
claims that she was asked to sign an NDA um, with Cardi. And this was like in exchange for forgiving this debt. She reconciles, if Tosh K reconciles with Cardi, then Nikki asked her to sign an NDA. Which, when you put the dots together, basically what that's insinuating is that Nikki was the one giving Tasha this bad information to slander Cardi. She used Tasha, oh. I mean, she used Nikki Minaj used Tasha K as a vehicle, used her platform to spread misinformation and rumors and lies about Cardi B that were not true. Hmm. And then when she got sued, she uh left her out to dry. That's what that's insinuating. And that's the part that doesn't surprise me. I'm like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense. I don't put it past Nicki Minaj. Do you think, uh, I mean, I tried to watch the clip from Tasha K's perspective. It just, it was too much. Like, honestly, she was just like rambling. So the the Cliff Notes version, though, is what I just said. I mean, if that's the case, and she really was a patsy, I know that she's not a, a an actual journalist. Like, like we're podcasters, and we try to put disclaimers and the stuff that we say. Like, you know, like you know, if we didn't get it from a reliable source, or if we get it from a source, I will say this is from Wall Street Journal or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, and she was getting her information from, and like I said, it makes sense that all of a sudden there's an NDA to keep uh, Nikki's name out of it, right? Mm-hmm. But was there ever a second where Tasha K, if she was getting information from Nikki, like, hey, how'd you find this out? Right, because if you're not friends with people, yeah, how are you, like, there's a saying that says, like, if you have a problem with me or if you have something to say about me, you should call me and discuss it. And if you don't have my phone number to call me and discuss it, then we're not friends or something like that. That's like the gist right. of it. Or you don't know me well enough to to be telling other people shit about me, basically. Right. And that's what this is giving. Like, girl, critical thinking says <laughs> the girl has always not liked Cardi B. Now, all of a sudden, she's gifting, quote unquote, gifting you this information. And no other reputable bloggers were reporting on it. Right. So it's like, like, girl, did you think you were above Shea Room or TMZ or you know, any of those people, you know what I mean? Like people that are posting more content um, more often than you, like, come on. Yeah. It's it's preposterous that she would think that she was getting an exclusive. And I know Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. they, they, they rush to be like the exclusive one to be like, okay, well, you know, I got the, I got the hot, uh, Oh, I almost said hot goss. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Remember that I am old. But, um, <laughs> you know, I I got all the information and then they rush to it and they don't really stop to think, hey, why do you have this? You know, especially like you said, Nicki, uh, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B are not friends. So it's not like they were in like in, in the same former friends. Yeah. So it, it's I, I, I really don't think that. And and Cardi B seems like a genuinely nice person, and I know really that, she, and, and I know that she was really pissed off about this whole thing. And I, maybe I don't think Cardi didn't think that she was going to get 
3.4 billion dollars out of it but at the same time you know what she what uh Tasha K did was horribly irresponsible and uh I I'm glad that she I mean and here's the thing I'm a horrible person to talk to about this because, I mean, I've told the story already. I once sued a guy in small claims court because he stiffed us on like a, a fantasy football league. And I went to small claims court over it. So you think that if you slandered me and said some dumb shit about me that could hurt my career, you think I'm going to be like, oh, well, I think you've learned your lesson. Fuck that. I'm taking everything. I'll, I'll, come, to, I'll come to your house and take your kids breakfast off their plates at that point. Like, I don't give a shit anymore. But then again, Cardi B is much more of a human being than I am in this case. And I know she's, con you know, she probably saw Tasha K's crocodile tears and is reconsidering it. I wouldn't, though. I, I, I would just, like, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> you know? Perhaps. We'll see what happens. This NDA part, tidbit, is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, because it doesn't make sense. But Nikki... Girl, you should have covered your bases before you spilled the tea. Duh. So we'll see how that we'll see how that uh talks up. Um and the other update I wanted to provide was about Jonathan Majors. Um we saw that the ex-girlfriend was arrested this week for assault. Um let me just uh, pull a source up from CNN. Uh -huh. So that kind of bothers me that they still always call her the woman who accused act actor Jonathan Majors. And then they, they do mention her name later, but it's like in the next paragraph. Grace Jabari, Majors' former girlfriend, voluntarily surrendered to police in New York and was given a desk appearance ticket to appear in court at a later date. Charges are both misdemeanor. Her and her attorney have not publicly commented on the case, which will not be prosecuted. CNN has been unable to reach her. Manhattan District Attorney's Office has officially declined to prosecute the case against Grace Jabari because it lacks prosecu prosecutorial merit. Jesus Christ. Um, so th this is the update. She was like, she was given a ticket Um she won't be prosecuted and prosecutors made sure to, to say like, we're not going to prosecute her. Um, but he's still charged with assault and aggravated harassment related to the dispute. I don't understand why she had to. Yeah, this is weird. The case is now sealed. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know enough details. That's why I've kind of, was hesitant to report on this because the last update yeah. that showed one saw one thing that she was arrested, and then we, we saw that she. But now it looks like this. It feels performative. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I, I have like to the pressure that. was there to like not, you know, society was like, oh, you're not arresting a white woman, but she definitely beat him up too. Da 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 da. And so they arrested her and then quietly let her go, hoping that nobody would see this. Yeah. And then and and bear with me here. Um, this is from Hollywood Reporter. And they said that um after the cross complaint was filed, an investigate an investigatory card or I card 
which is an internal NYPD document alerting officers that there is probable cause for an arrest was issued for Jabari in late June. That's the woman. However, in-court documents related to the Majors case after prosecutors learned of the I-card say they informed the NYPD on September 8th and September 12th that the people would decline to prosecute any charges brought by the NYPD against Ms. Jabari related to the belated allegations made by the defendant regarding the incident on March 25th. Yeah, that's giving that's giving performative then. Like yeah. they they knew back then that she should have been arrested. But the basically the, the DA's office made up their mind not to. I yeah. let's just see what happens when the trial comes. I'm not reporting on none of this until the niggas go back to court. Because yeah. it's just like it's it's really confusing. And it's like, I think this is by design, but I just don't know what the bigger plan is other than the possibly yeah. tarnish his character. But Well, and the, and the tarnishing has already been done because when I was looking this up uh, from IndieWire, they were saying that Disney and Searchlight pulled his movie. So he had a movie coming out called um, Magazine Dreams where he plays. Yeah, it had like, to do with him working out, I think, right? Yeah. So he was like a, a socially awkward bodybuilder trying to make it. And it is, they said it's kind of like a modern day take on Taxi Driver. And they, and people were saying that he was really good in it and that it's like a, has like Oscar considerations. Yeah. And they 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 pulled a movie. The movie was set to open in December and they pulled a movie. You know, what's funny, though, is like I was thinking about that, um, him working out. And like all I can see now, though, is him in like them cut off slave pants that he always wears where they look like sweatpants that were cut off um some boots and uh like white socks underneath that's all i see him as there like i can i can see him like working out in no shirt obviously right but it's like not i just see him in the most impractical workout gear possible <laughs> because of how he dresses <laughs> I, I I gotta say something, you know. I there's a gym not too far. Like, and and here here's the here's what makes me such a fat slob. I passed the gym on my way to get Chinese food, so the gym is before the Chinese food spot, and I pass it all the time. But um, but the the funny thing is, they had these two dudes standing outside a gym, and it was like these were just like just major dude bros. The outside, they're they're flexing, you know, showing off their muscles to each other, and I'm just like, I'm looking for the cameras because I'm like, these people can't be for real, you know. But they were wearing like weird workout stuff, you know, like you know, I, usually if I see guys going to the gym, they have like the maybe they may have like a cut off t shirt and um and shorts on, you know, or or the ladies were wearing their yoga pants or they're wearing tights. You know, and these dudes like look like something out of a out of an old music video, and they're out there like yeah, bro, check out the arms, and I'm just like, I'm looking for the I'm looking for the cameras. Like this can't be for real. Like it used to be like people used to work out. You you kind of like admire them because they have that discipline, and now a lot of these cats are just just a bunch of dude bros just out there like yo, check out the arms, bro. I'm just like oh god. I, I, I know I joke when I say I'd rather be fat, but, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. These people are out of their minds. 
When you talk about when you talked about impractical gym gear, it just reminded me of that. And I, I saw them out there. I'm like, yeah, these guys can't be for real. Because usually the gym is pretty quiet. Like people just come in and out and then they just go yeah. about their business. And it was just that one day where they were just acting out and I was just like, huh. <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping this whole thing. Well, I mean, I'll put it like this. I would love to say I would hope this whole thing blows over for Jonathan Majors, but the thing is. I mean, if he did it, that's one thing. But there just seems to be so much stuff swirling around that it's making me kind of question it, you know. And, yeah, and I'm, very, I'm, I'm hoping nice. that, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that um, if he's innocent, that he gets redeemed. They'll release his movies. He'll go, he'll go back to Marvel and do stuff. And because he was pretty, I mean, he was the only bright spot in that whole Ant Man movie. <laughs> was him as as Kang. Because he is he is a he is a really good actor. And and I don't really watch the Creed movies, but did you watch Creed three? I did. I did. And, and how 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 was Jonathan Majors in that? I mean, he was cool. Um it's what you expect. It was just okay. Yeah. It wasn't like Oscar worthy or anything, but it was cool. It kept my it held my attention. Yeah, I, I figure for a movie like that, we're not looking for Oscars, but you know, sometimes you know, I was hoping he would he would choose some scenery <laughs> and kind of stand out, you know. But like I said, I'll keep y'all up to date. Um, but hopefully, when we have a sentence, like, because this is too confusing. Um. All right. So my uh last little topic for you is a this is definitely on a lighter note. Um, have you ever been to Madame Tussauds? No, no, I haven't. Or any wax museum for that matter. I, I will say this when I, you know, when I grew up in the 80s, right? I was a teenager in the 80s. And when video stores were getting really big and everybody was trying to like compete with Blockbuster. And I was trying to remember, I was trying to look it up and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, was this in, in Merrick or was this in Freeport? Like a lot in Long Island. I don't, I don't remember it being in Freeport, but they had RKO video, right? And their big draw, quote unquote, I'm putting this in air quotes, is that they had like a mini wax museum in there. <laughs> so, you know, like if you go in the horror section, there's like wax figures of like Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's a stupid idea because the novelty wears off after like a day. visit, yeah. Yeah, and and the wax figures weren't very good. I've seen pictures of actually. Ooh, I'm I wonder in cases like that though, like where they actually got the figures from, because I know they didn't have nobody sculpting them, sculpting them. So where did they get them from? Right. I, I I remember. I can't remember. I when I, I was like a. I used to read the nerdiest things when I was a kid, and every year I would read the Guinness Book of World Records every year. And I was trying to remember why Madame Tassad's was in the Guinness Book of World Records. But I know it's like, but, you know, but like when they showed the pictures in like the Guinness Book of World Records, they look like they looked really good. Yeah. You know, like, like, like they put a lot of care into it. Some of them do, some of them don't. So uh, this week had a couple of don'ts. Uh and so you could just Google Smoogle, uh The Rock and Little Wayne. Theirs were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, both cases had colorism issues where they were way too light. 
I think little Wayne's features, like he looked elongated. He looked more like E.T. than he normally looks like E.T. Like, don't get me wrong. He does kind of favor E.T., but he looked more like E.T. in the wax figure than than usual. I, I don't know. It, it, it may be maybe because I, I already think little Wayne is hideous, but um, it didn't look terrible. Mm. Like I'm looking at the wax figure now, and it didn't look terrible. Like I'm pretty sure they're not gonna get all the tattoos right because he has like six trillion tattoos. So if they didn't get some of the tattoos right, who cares? It still looks like Lil Wayne, as far as that goes. And I, I think in the pre-show you mentioned like Travis Barker. He has like a whole. He's like yeah, a, he has a lot of tattoos. I think I don't know if he sat for his though because the artist can sit for this. Um. And I wonder if there's like a correlation between the better ones or like the success rate between the people who sit versus the people who just, um, you know, take a picture and send it in. Like, I don't I don't know how that works. Um, but I I would narrow this down to like, oh, they don't know how to like color people of color. But Angela Bassett's is really good. The Beyonce Beachella one is really good. I saw that one in Vegas. Um, I've never I've been to the Madame Tussauds twice. Um, they did RuPaul, but I don't does I feel like RuPaul goes by another name when when he's a man. I don't know, I'm not really sure. But if he does, it was RuPaul as a man, not in drag. And um now, is it, really in, 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 in real quick, because uh, I, I had to look at it real quick, because I'm like, I never knew his real name. Well, RuPaul is actually, it looks like his, his real name is RuPaul, but it's, uh, his his middle name is Andre and his last name is Charles. Did he go by any of those? No, no. Okay. Then, so then he must just use, goes by RuPaul all the time. Yeah, he must use like a different a different name for that. I thought he used like a stage name for some reason, but um, but yeah, his looked really good. His looked fine. And um, I'm trying to think of who else that I can remember. I, I didn't see the Angela Bassett one in person, but hers is fucking fantastic. I almost couldn't tell the difference. Travis Barker, shit ton of tattoos. Again, almost couldn't tell the difference. His was just released this week, but whoever is responsible for that rocking Little Wayne one, y'all got to go back to the drawing board on that. You got to go back to the drawing board on that. I will say for the rock one, and 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 I will I will admit to dropping the ball on this one. I was like I didn't see the big deal until I saw the uh, the updated figure, hey, and then I was go and to the then comments for clues. You got to go. Yeah, the then I was like, oh, oh, okay, I see what happened here. <laughs> they they Sammy Sosa him. Yeah, everybody was like, who is this white man? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Holy!" I mean, Samoan ain't black, but it ain't white either. I mean, I, I will say this, and supposedly, don't quote me on this, but uh, and bear with me here. Uh, I want to say, okay, um, I understand when mistakes were made, and he actually, um, uh. Supposedly, they said there was an issue with the picture that they gave him, which is why they made him so light. And mm -hmm. I would say if that was the case, then, you know, I 
mistakes can be forgiven. Like uh, this week, was it this week or was it earlier in the month? Um, they made a sequel to the Spider-Man game for uh, for um, for Sony, and I I that was going to be the last new game I purchased this year. But then I realized I have the last two Spider-Man games, and I barely played them. Mm. So I'm yeah. like, I I'm not going to buy a brand new Spider-Man game if I did if I barely even touched the first two. So I'm like, well, we'll we'll table that for next year when it's on sale. But um, Miles Morales, uh, you know, his father in in the comics and in, in the in the, the the animated movies, his father is African American, but his mother's from Puerto Rico. Mm. And yeah. but and and in his bedroom in the game, they made a mistake and they put instead of the Puerto Rican flag, they put the Cuban flag. Yeah, they yeah. are kind of similar. They are. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like that that's an honest mistake. And they 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 patched it uh this week and they they fixed the flag. Like somebody somebody figured it out and they were like, hey, that's that's the Cuban flag. And they were all like, oh, my bad. They are kind of similar. So I'm just like, yeah, I something like that. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna mess with you on that. We'll leave that alone. But making the rock like two shades lighter, like I don't know if I can go that. That's, you know, and, and like I said, if it was a mistake because of the photograph, he because he did it from a photograph. So mm-hmm. I, I would I would imagine that if they if the rock was there, I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt that he would have gotten it right. OK, if the, if the rock Fair was enough. actually there. Fair enough. They. um, I will say, though, like, I think a uh, little Wayne and, and the rock handled it equally well. Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the music, but I do like Lil Wayne. I'm always rooting for him. He seems like a really good dad. Um, and for the most part, he really is unproblematic. So I I never heard him say nothing too crazy, except for the Black Lives Matter shit. That's about, that's it. But overall, I think he's a cool-ass person. So he was a good sport about it. He was just like, hey, this ain't me, but y'all tried. Like, thank you. <laughs> Rock. Went back and said, I'm going to have, you know, in typical rock fashion, I'm going to have a talk with my friends over at Madame Tussauds or wherever, wherever this next wax museum was. Mm-hmm. And they did and rectified it. And that's that. You know, Madame Tussauds is originally like, uh, was originally in France. And I'll say this, you know, you know me and, and my love hate affair with, with, with the country I was born in, but the French Madame Tussauds would have gotten it right. <laughs> it's when they brought over to America. That's when they started bucking it up. <laughs> they should have left it in France where it belonged. The, <laughs> French, the French take this sort of thing seriously. <laughs> I was trying to find out why Madame Tussauds was in the Guinness Book of World Records. I couldn't find. I don't even know if they even make a Guinness Book of World Records anymore. I'm sure they do. It's just like all digital now. Yeah. Where you can either you can either watch it online. I know I've been to a Guinness. Uh, museum as well they had one in um baltimore i don't know if it's still there um but yes i feel like everything the only two places you could probably get it are just online or if you're um in elementary school and you're going to the book fair which which is where i used to get mine Mm -hmm, exactly You, you get your guinness book one in your friend group needs to get it so you can read the facts amongst each other. Yeah. And or, everybody gets a bookmark. Or, or, or those like little quiz. Remember those like quiz booklets? Damn, I used to have like they were like a fan of cards and they were like 
pinned at the bottom and they would have the question on one side and the answer on the other. We didn't get those, but those sound really, really cool. We did. They did give us bookmarks, though. But yeah, there was like a pack of them, like a thick ass book of them, but they were narrow because they they were about the size of a bookmark. I remember we used to have the the bookmobile that would come by people's neighborhoods. So it was basically part of our library, but they would just have like this big. I don't know if you would call it. It looked like a like a like a tour bus almost. And it was just it was just a library on wheels. It would just come to your neighborhood, and you were like, "Oh my god, the bookmobile!" You know, <laughs> no, that's not that doesn't sound cool, actually. Yeah, we did used to have something like that. When I think of it, but yeah, but uh, I mean, I used to get I used to get the Guinness Book every year to find out who who broke new records. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a new world's fattest man, or is it still Robert Wadlow? I don't know why I remember his name. No, Robert Wadlow was the tallest man. Hold on. He he was the tallest man at mm. one point. I'm trying to remember because he was how tall was he? Oh, just tell me in the don't maybe click another link. Anyway. <laughs> Usually they would tell you in the first paragraph and all they're gonna maybe click. Oh no, here it is. He was eight feet eleven inches tall. I don't know if anybody ever broke that record. Wow. That's crazy. Wow, so. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they took it. I'm, I'm glad they took it in stride. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that about them too. All right, so that's that's all I got though. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get the. You know what? I, I I will say this. I'm probably gonna do another politrix probably on uh this this upcoming Friday because you know. I tried to put a little bit, I mean, there'll be some social commentary today, but I, the news has just been so dark lately. And I don't want to be like, oh, 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 your, your tea's too light here. Here's some mud. <laughs> I didn't want to be like that because the news lately has just been super duper dark. So I figured we'll, we'll just do a whole different show for that, for that whole, for that whole thing. Like we, we did a, an impromptu show last week. We talked about Israel, Palestine. And I think Friday mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to invite some people in. And and Odie, I mean, you know, of course, you know, you're always welcome. We're, we're gonna talk about Joe Biden and this whole BS he's involved in, but we'll do that on a whole nother show. I I, I want to do something a little bit more lighthearted. There was a, and let me let me let me pull my notes here. Someone on a woman on Facebook did this survey, right? And they did 30 places where women would refuse to go on the first date. Now, I'm going to say this. Most of this list is bullshit. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Because it's like, where where do you think, we, think we're going on the first date? We're going to like Ruth, Ruth Chris's, you know? We're going to like, no, we're, it's the first date. I'm not, not trying to spend $400 on my first date, you know? What if it doesn't work out? Then I'm out four hundred bucks, or or go someplace you could eat. <laughs> how how many oysters did that woman eat when the guy left her in the restaurant? I guy, it was a lot though. It was I think like, it was like, it's like forty. Something. I, I, I want to say it was forty eight oysters, and then he something, was just, yeah, like, something like that. That sounds yeah, about right. He was like, bye. <laughs> I, I mean, 
you know what? I can't say I blame it because if I saw a woman eat 48 or 48 oysters, I'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. Unless she's, she has to be some sort of like alien or genetic experiment. I know people like eat a lot of oysters at once. It's kind of like sushi, you know? Like I know sushi is meant to be shared. It's meant mm-hmm. to, you know, you get a couple of rolls and you can eat like 12 pieces. But I don't know if like oysters are like that because I, I don't, I've never had an oyster. My One of my line sisters loves them. And um, one time we went out for brunch and she kind of insisted. Like, she was like, you know, you guys should try it. And I was just like, no, thank you. I'm good. The risk isn't worth the reward. Like, the potential to get sick. Um, The possible taste. And I'm a texture person, too. So I would hate to taste, like, grit of any kind mixed with the sliminess of it going down. Just no. It's just an all-around no for me. Yeah. But this woman's list, and like I said, this is not just her list. Supposedly she put out some sort of survey because she said this list makes it uh, she said, this list makes it seem like we don't want to date at all. Here's a list of places women absolutely refuse to go on the first date, and thank you to the ladies who reached out to me uh, to help me on my list. So this is not just this woman. She reached out to other people. And I'm just going to go over, most of it is just normal restaurants like Cheesecake Factory and Applebee's. I'm not going to go over those because I'm like, who wouldn't want to? Uh, there's, a, there's a woman I follow. She was she was a, um, she was a meteorologist at one point. She has her own uh, podcast, her own series now. Um, Demetra Obelor, I, I keep forgetting, I keep messed up her last name. But she was, I don't know if she's talking about this list, but she was like, who wouldn't want to go to Cheesecake Factory? They have so much food. So many choices. Now, their food is trash, though. Their food I don't know. I, I, that dessert I, is great, but the food Oh, is yeah. I used to go there every, because I used to work at the, uh, uh, across the street from Crabtree Mall, right? And I take the bus home. So mm-hmm. I just said, you know what? I would just, every Friday, I go across the street to Crabtree, go to Cheesecake Factory. And you know the funny part is? I'd get their breakfast, because they serve breakfast uh, all day long. Okay, I didn't know that. So I, I would just go there and get like a, get like an omelet or something. Like, I can't eat pancakes because pancakes destroy my blood sugar. Yeah. But uh, I, I get it. You know, they make I get a, a nice vegetable omelet and stuff like that. It's really good. But there's a few choices on here that I can kind of agree with the ladies on this one. So I want you to bear with me. Uh, one of them, she said the movies. The movies to me is something a little bit more intimate for me. Like if I... I, I can never remember ever taking a date to the movies and just watching the movie. <laughs> we're 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 doing Lauren Bolbert things in there. So yeah, the movies, I would never take a woman to the movies on, on the first date. I've had like three first dates at a movie. Um really? mm-hmm. uh one of them was like the second best date I ever had. So oh, okay. I'm just like, eh, it depends. And the reason it was like I mean, obviously, it held the number one spot until my husband knocked him out of his spot. But okay. the number, the I mean, for the longest time, the reason I liked that date, it was like, we we did dinner in a movie. He took me, we ate afterwards. Oh, okay. And um, we ate afterwards and commiserated on how much we hated the movie. I don't even remember <laughs> what movie it was, but like, we both didn't like it. And so we were able to like have food have drinks and talk about the movie 
Um, and that's how we kind of got to know each other, you know, and I was in that relationship for about a year, maybe. Okay. Um, and so that was like one of the best dates I ever had. But now the other two, mm, one guy was trying, one guy was trying to move too fast. We never ended up dating. Um, but the other guy, he, uh, we never ended up dating either. Um, he just tried too hard. Like it, it was
and for and I see vegans trying to get more people to become vegans than vegetarians because vegetarians are just more like yeah you do what you want. But my point being is that if you're both like into fitness and you decide to go to the gym on your first date, maybe you want to see where, where their commitment lies. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I, I, I would say this, if a woman asked me out and wanted to go to the gym on my first date, I'm like, what you trying to say? I know I'm fat. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe I see that as an opportunity. She's like, maybe she sees me as a fixer upper. And maybe if I go to the gym and lose a few pounds, I might be more attractive to her. I don't know. I'm just making shit up in my head. But I don't see any of those as being a problem, the gym or the church. I really don't as a first date. It all depends on if that's your sort of thing, you know, even though that's not that's not what I what I would do. Um, family functions is absolutely out of the question. That's something that I would do Fair. if you are after we've defined our relationship. Yeah. Now, um, unless we're not unless we're crashing a family function, somebody else's family's function. Oh, sure. I think that would be kind of cool. Like, it's almost like crashing a wedding, like get dressed up, um, tell people different stories about like, it's, it's given, that's giving me rom-com. And I think something like that would be fun, cute and harmless for the most part. Yeah. Like that, like that movie Wedding Crashers. Yeah, exactly. But on a first date. You know, just, just, just something, just something fun and daring. But But just bring the, make sure you bring them a gift though. Yes. Absolutely. Don't just, don't just take their cocktails at cocktail hour. Bring <laughs> exactly. them a gift. And then movie night, like Netflix, Hulu, etc. Once again, no, because then you know you'd have to go to somebody's house for that. And like that, like as I'd rather keep it on neutral ground. Um, bowling. If you're into that sort of thing, even if you're not a bowler, it's still fun. The only way I would see that as not like a viable first date is if you just don't like bowling at all but that, that's that's kind of fun you know anything competitive i think is always fun because it lets you know does this part who can this person lose gracefully you know yes. mm-hmm. or, are and, they, and, or and, lose and, and, is that going to be a red flag later yes or if if they're way too competitive you know like if if they if they have to win at any cost, you know. So I I, I would see I I would definitely do bowling as a as a first date, for for sure. Um, somewhere that requires a long drive, I feel like that's more of a, a personal. I feel that there's a story behind that. <laughs> but it, well, it's not- it depends. Like I might not, I might not mind driving as long as I'm driving myself. I'm not. Yes that's a safety thing like as a woman like on a first date always always have to like drive yourself don't let them come pick you up or know where you live yeah exactly Um, i'm still i'm still glad to this day that he that he didn't drive he had like a dui situation that was like hadn't been sorted out yet so he wasn't able to drive and to this day when we broke up i'm so glad that he still was dealing with that because he wasn't able to pop up in the house. Because <laughs> he would have. He definitely would have. He was trying <laughs> to call, but I was taking the calls. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Nightclubs, I had a question. Like, I, I wouldn't take a woman to a nightclub on the first date. I just don't see anything wrong with it, though. Like, at the I, end, like, yeah. maybe you like to dance. I don't fucking know. 
I don't, I, I, the thing, I mean, I'm older now though. So like, I don't really do nightclubs anyway. That's just not interesting to me, but every once in a while, I don't mind going out to a nightclub. And I think like, maybe, maybe not a nightclub as much as a lounge. Uh, there is this place. Okay. Uh, A lounge. Yeah. Yeah, like I talk, um, you know, like, I guess like the music just needs to be low enough that I can talk to you, I guess. If I, I, you know, if I were single, obviously, but I, I, I guess in my experience, nightclubs is where you would go to meet women, pick up. <laughs> as opposed to, and I, I remember, uh, oh, I'd only been there one time, the Red Zone, in um, because I, I, I was going to school out in Manhattan, and there was a club, they were famous for house music called the Red Zone, right? It was like ninety, ninety one, I think, and um. One of my friends, I went with some classmates and one of them kind of realized like, oh, snap, they're turning dudes away. Like if there was like a bunch of dudes, they would turn them away. Mm. And one of my friends had the savvy. He saw some women in the in the back of the line and he said, hey, could you pretend to be our dates so we can get in? Like you don't got to like, you know, stick with us or nothing like that. We just want to get in. So they they pretended to be our dates so they would let us into the club. That's true. <laughs> I would never have thought of that, but I was just like, "Oh wow!" Yeah, the Mentos moment. Yeah, they 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 reserve the right to be picky, and usually if they see like a bunch of dudes, they feel like it's going to be trouble. Mm. So you know, and and there was there were like four or five of us, I think. So they were just like, "Yeah, we got to do something about this." And um, last one, I'm I'm on the fence about sporting events. I don't know about I, I've never heard of that. Depends on your interest. Like I don't understand. I, I guess my pro my biggest problem with this list is like you're assuming a lot. Like I think people have personalized it too much. Mm-hmm. Um and my experience ain't your experience. At the end of the day, first of all, I'm not just I'm not gonna meet a guy to, today um and go on a date with him tomorrow. Okay. Like, I need to talk to him, get to know him a little bit, and see if I even want to go on a date with him. Then, after we've been talking for a while, then it'll be like, okay, like, we've already talked about our interests. You should know what I'm down or not down for. Like, let's make an actual, a proper date happen. And then we can use the conversations, the personal conversations that we've had to tailor that date. If I'm I'm a huge Cubs fan... Yeah, take me to a fucking Cubs game. If I'm a Mets fan, take me to a Mets game. Okay. Like, I don't understand the problem, but I think where people are getting fucked up at is, like, they're having this, like, popcorn, popcorn culture of, like, you know, you use the dating apps where you do meet somebody today and want to go on a date tomorrow, and then you're mad about how the date went because you didn't invest the time to get to know the person. So now you're pissed that you're talking to a cheapskate on a state or you're talking to somebody that doesn't have anything in common with you when you could have saved yourself some time by just talking a little bit more. Like, and I'm not talking about like a long time, but like shit, at least like, you know, a week or something, a week before you go on a date. Exactly. And, and, And the rest of the stuff on this list is just basically just normal stuff like Chipotle's, Olive Garden, Wingstop, Buffalo Wild Wings, 
IHOP, Denny's, you know, like, you know, coffee dates, Starbucks, you know, and I'm just like, okay, y'all just being extra. But some of the other stuff. That was my worst date was a Starbucks. So I'm with I'm with that coffee shit. And the idea going into it, the funny thing is going into it, I thought like, oh, this the coffee date shouldn't be too bad because Mm -hmm. like we we can go when our coffee's finished but the problem was i think there's no set you know like when your meal is over your meal is over the waiter brings the check that's the signal that's the signif- signifying the meal is over this date is over but like there's no checks there's no like finality in the end of the date so like it's hard to know when to like walk away and mm-hmm. you don't want to be rude. So, like, he was still talking and talking and talking. And so I didn't want to be rude and walk away in the middle of the conversation. But I really wanted to get out of there. Like, I was just like, no, this ain't for me. I I, I, I will say this. The, uh, the worst coffee date, and it had nothing to do with the young lady. The young lady was perfectly fine, but she was just in a terrible situation. She had, like, three kids. She had a, and her baby daddy was just, ugh. You know, so basically she had to leave work early one day during the week because her baby daddy wouldn't pick up the kids. So she had to leave work early to go pick up the kids. So she was making up the time. So I said, well, if you're going to be in my if you're going to be in my neighborhood, because I want to get to know her better. So I'm like, if you're going to be in in the neighborhood, like when you're on your way to work. Right. So so this this solves the problem of the time issue. Right. Because I know that she has to go to work to make up time. Yeah. So I said, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, like finality you... here. You, you already know what the set deadline is. OK. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't you, you know, I'm like, there's a Starbucks up the street from my apartment. Why don't, we, why don't you stop there? Let's have a cup of coffee and talk for a while before before you go into work, you know. And as we're talking and trying to get to know each other, her baby daddy kept texting her and saying that she got to come pick up the kids. Mind you, it's Saturday morning. And she's already out there just to make up time because she's because he stiffed her before. And I was just like, where I'm like, where like, why do you have I mean, and I didn't say this to her, of course, but I'm like, why do you have a second kid with this guy? Much less a third. Like I you like you had then known this guy was a douchebag after kid number one. Like, I don't know what goes on with the selection process. <laughs> but relatable content. Yeah, but I, but you know, for me, a coffee date is like the like the speed dating of of dates. It's it's just speed dating with coffee, you know, or or tea in my case. Yeah, I, I don't really drink coffee, but you know, I I I, I figure a coffee date is just like a quick stop. So it's not like you're sitting down. You got appetizers. No, it's just basically. You know, you stop in for a cup of coffee, you know, we chat for a while, we see what the temperature is, and then you go about your way. You know, I don't see anything wrong with the with the coffee date. But I do get the whole idea of, okay, uh, what time do I get up and leave? <laughs> I, I could definitely see that. I hadn't really considered that point because of the few coffee dates I had, mm-hmm. it's been because of time constraints. And that's why I'm like, okay, we don't have time to sit down and have like a full breakfast. Let's just have coffee. So, but I know people have been, been railing on this list and stuff like that. But I mean, like I said, a lot of stuff on here is just like, okay, fine, whatever. Like you're, you're crazy. Who doesn't like Cheesecake Factory? But some of the stuff I, I'm just like, 
yeah, I, I get it. You mm -hmm. know, I definitely understand. And and like and like I said, that long drive thing, that there's gotta be a story behind that. <laughs> Speaking of stories, people telling stories. Michael Irvin, I didn't realize he was that young. He's only, he's 57. Like I'm in my early 50s. So he was only like a few years older than me when he was playing football, That which is kind of crazy because he was on like, he was on those Cowboys teams that won, that won all those games in the 90s. So he's a, he's a commentator now, right? And um, his son, Michael Irvin Jr. Is a, is a rapper. I forgot, I didn't, when I took down the stuff in the article, I didn't take down his rap name. Uh, but yeah, he, he says it. He says it when he's speaking on it, though. The father. Yeah, I, and I I didn't clip that part from the article. Unfortunately, that's that's my mistake. But he talked about it, he he kind of like uh got on his son, and and after reading it, I kind of understand why. Because I I look at it. Well, I'll I'll, I'll read what Michael Urban said. He said, "If you ever listen to some of his raps, I'm like, oh my god, where does this come from, son? So you grew up in a gated community your whole life, but he's rapping my life." Because we romanticize and fantasize about that old thug life, the ghetto life, and all that stuff. And then the article went on. This back in 2019, after his son first arrived on the hip-hop scene, Irvin was just as confused then about his son's lyrics as he is now. Irvin said he raps about some of the hardest stuff in the world. He said on the Dan Patrick show, I say to him, son, you grew up in a 20,000-square-foot gated community. Where does this stuff come from? You know? There are some rappers who came up in the game, right? And then become rappers, right? Uh, Tone Loke never said what gang he was in, but his name, Tone Loke, is a gang name. Like his first name is Tony, and then like Loke is short for Loco. That was his that was his gang handle, but he just kept it when he was rapping. But he doesn't rap about gang stuff. He raps about doing the wild thing, dang, 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 you know, stuff like that, you know. I guess he I guess he doesn't want to glorify that old life, you know, but he said he was no longer in a gang, but he kept he kept the name as his rap name. And I'm pretty sure this one flew under the radar for you. Uh, it's a uh, Tarantino. Yes. Mm -hmm. So and then there was a rapper. Uh, her name was uh, Boss. Right. And she had an album out in the mid 90s. I think it was called. Uh, and, and it's funny because the album is called Born Gangster, right? But she was definitely not a born gangster. So she basically, and for her, it was more like performative art. And she actually outs herself in the album because there's skits throughout the album where, and, and I found out, I was looking up today. I'm like, oh, so I'm like, that was her actual mom on those answering machine messages. But her mom calls her on answering machine messages Cause you know, she, she has like a, like a, a profanity laden message and her mom is like, you know, why are you doing all that gangster stuff? Like you grew up in a, you grew up in a, in the suburbs and you went to Catholic school, you were a cheerleader, you went to college, you know, which is, which is all true. You know, she did grow up in the, in the, in a, in, in a nice home and her, both the parents were professionals and, you know, she went to college and all that other stuff, all that stuff is true. And Def Jeff, who who produced the album, like, you know, the critics were just, just like, like, how did I go over the critics' heads? You know? And don't get me wrong, this album came out in the 90s before the internet is what it is now. So people don't have that access to information like they did mm -hmm. back, you know, like like we do now. But some of it is just performative, just performance art. Like, you don't expect people to be out there. Like, if Scarface 
like talked about, you know, like if he did half the stuff he did in his songs, he, he'd be in prison for like 400 years. So we know to a point that it's performative. And we know that, I mean, some people don't know, <laughs> but most of us do. Like, okay, you know, this is just rap. You know, we don't expect you to live that life. We don't expect you, oh, did, like, did you really kill someone? Of course you didn't fucking kill anybody. But we we kind of know that. But I think now it's like some of these kids feel like they have to, and I'm not going to blame it on the kids because that's not new at all. You know, you have plenty of people who, who uh, what they used to call in the military, stolen valor. You yeah. had plenty of yeah, stuff going on. You have plenty of that stuff going on. So it's not, it's not, it's not new. It's definitely not unique to, to, to the younger generation. But the problem I have with it now is that for these kids now, for some of them, it's getting them killed. You know, someone had a video of all these rappers. Some of them weren't even signed yet having rap beefs with people and then getting killed over it. If I find a video, I'll post it in our, in our chat if I find it again. But it's just become a lot more serious now. And I can see the concern over people trying to be what they're not. But I mean, back in the days, it was more like performative art. And at least Boss had the wherewithal to out herself and be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a born gangster. I grew I I didn't grow up in this life. You know, people like Kid Rock, who... Uh, did that, but Kid Rock like really pretends like he grew up in that life and he really didn't. He grew up, he grew up rich. Like at least Boss, like she grew up, um, she was just middle class. Like Kid Rock, he came, he came from money. Like he grew up on a, on a ranch, had his own horses and everything as a kid. So he grew up rich. So all that whole grit sandwiches things he's talking about, like he grew up, ah, he's fucking faker. You know, that whole redneck thing. I got my AR-15 shooting Bud Light. Nah, he, he's he's the biggest wankster that there is, you know. So I, I'll just say, I mean, I want your thoughts on this, Odie. But the one thing I'll say is that I, I so long as so long as he keeps it on wax, I have no issue with it. You know, I can understand why Michael Irvin's confused because his whole thing is, you know, we like I worked hard so you don't have to live that life. Right. And then you're rapid about that life like like you want to live that life but what are your thoughts on this whole thing um trying to think like but i guess if it was my kid i would definitely be disappointed because it's just like but why like you don't have to do this Mm -hmm. um and who are you doing it for like more importantly why do you feel the need to do this like i probably want to get psychological help for my kid honestly how how old is he again? Oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't catch Let me his... look up how old he is because maybe that'll put it in perspective. I wanna Let's say see. he's still in college. Don't quote me on that. That's old enough to know better. Let's see. If he's is he playing football? I thought he was playing football. Not really sure. Okay. I don't know. If it doesn't really this, he doesn't have like it, a this it's actually a pretty common name. But okay, if this is him at Florida Atlantic, then he was born in ninety something, ninety-seven, I think. Should make him like twenty-six. Is that right? 
What? Oh. A, yeah. Minus. It can't be him. No way. I refuse to believe that. Um. I would only give him grace if he was like maybe still living at home. Like maybe 17 and under. Basically, like once you cross I, 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 I think he's older than 17. I could have sworn I saw something about him playing football. Nah, then he's old enough to know better. Cause it's like, who are you doing this for? Yeah. Like, are like, do you not have friends in real life? Like, I know you I, don't think this is about to impress some some girl. Like women, we like we like money. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to impress somebody, like, impress, like, we literally just spent 20 minutes talking about dating and all of, and how all of those things require money in, you know, one shape or form or fashion. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, right. but it needs to be, there's money involved somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've you never, once, your own rent. <laughs> never once heard any of my girlfriends say, like, oh, I can't wait to go out with him because, you know, he, he's from the hood. Like, no, the fuck? <laughs> Oh, man. And it's funny, you know, I bring I brought up Tone Loke because when um they asked a young MC, the guy who did Bust a Move, to mm-hmm. rewrite Wild Thing because the original version was too dirty for the radio. So young MC, who was a prolific writer, rewrote it for the radio. Right. And young MC talked about when he got dropped from his label because he walked into the office and they and the 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 guy, the I guess the executives put out like a bunch of like uh like gangster rap CDs. And they told him they wanted him to start making gangster rap. And he's looking at them like, I'm not a gangster rapper. So why would I make gangster rap? You know? And after that, he ended up getting dropped from his label. You know, even though he had a he had he had a little bit of a hit with uh with Bust a Move. But you know, the the tides were shifting and they wanted him to shift with it. And he was like, that's not me. I don't do that. You know, I don't know. But I, I, I will say, jumping subjects real quick, I'm, I'm going to speed this up here. Megan Thee Stallion has an album coming out. I think it's coming out in uh, early next month. Don't quote me on that. And um, her album's going to be independent. I didn't look into the details of the lawsuit she had against her old label, but she's cut ties with her label, and this album is coming out independent. And I really, really, really hope, three reallys, I really hope that her album is very successful. And here's one of the reasons why. I want you to bear with me for the reading on this. Spotify plans to demonetize smaller artists. So under their new plan, tracks that get under a certain threshold of annual streams will receive no money from the company, right? So they said Spotify payouts are already small and this will make this will make it even harder to survive as a working artist. So right now artists on Spotify can expect to make around 0.003 cents to 0.005 cents per stream. So soon smaller artists can make nothing off of streams. So streaming services like Spotify already have a reputation for pushing listeners toward music that's already massively popular. And it seems that this new arrangement will only increase that tendency. The income gap between big stars and smaller acts is already huge. And this change could make that gap a whole lot larger. So there is a, um, a United Musicians and Allied Workers Union. They are, they've been trying to 
fix the streaming issue, but they, but they said Spotify is not listening. I'm hoping that now, granted, the big difference is that Megan Thee Stallion is an established artist, right? Which comes mm-hmm. with, she already has money. And banks don't normally lend to people who don't have money. Like there are artists who were talking about, well, yeah, I'm independent and, and I just borrow from the bank, but they were already established and the bank will just lend them money. So they're not going to like, they're not going to lend some 20 year old, you know, $200,000 to make a record. You know what I mean? Like, so, so they're, so I, I think moves like this pushes artists toward big labels where they get, uh, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. They get raped by major labels. I know that's not a cool term to use in a case like that, but they do. I mean, they get, I mean, city girls put out an album they barely got any any streams off of it because they didn't promote it right. You know, there was a whole lot of problems with it. And their label is going to get that money from them one way or another. And there have been there have been uh art some like some some smaller artists, they've received bills from their label for up to like for over a hundred thousand dollars. Because they said, Well, we invested in you and we didn't get a return on investment. So now you owe us a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So a lot of people are trying to go independent, but going independent is horribly hard. And the main thing is getting the money to promote your stuff, getting the money to make a record. I know a lot of people can make records off their computers. Great. But, you know, if you want to, you know, get those streams, you got to make it sound really good. So I'm hoping that Megan does really well so that it would inspire other people to just not just to go independent but maybe it'll get some of the investment people to just say hey uh maybe we should try to uh invest in more independent artists it's a pipe dream but we'll we'll see what happens so Odie, what are your thoughts on the whole megan going independent thing do you think there's going to be a, a positive change or do you think there's going to be some struggles with it I think it'll I think it'll be a positive change because she has support. Um and people are behind her no matter what right now. So mm-hmm. I think it'll work out for her for her. For most people, no. Um I also I wonder like how what would that look like though if like artists decided not to release music or put a pause on everything the way that the writer's strike happened. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like, is that an option? Well, the, the one good thing about going independent is that you're on your own timetable. Like the labels would video games. Yeah. They can't that. make you do a certain amount of albums in a certain amount of time and all of that. But right. I mean, as far as like the smaller artists go, like, mm, I guess like, it seems like it would be hard to get on one accord for that. What's happening in Hollywood would not, well, what happened in Hollywood, because the strike is officially over, but I don't see them doing the same thing with music that way. It all depends. And like I said, I don't know how they're structured. So in other words, I don't know if ASCAP is more like a union or if it's just a place where where they're you know how to get their royalties from uh, from music, but I know that I I would say this: if a lot of these uh, major writers and stuff like that were to unionize, 
against the labels, it, it, would, it would straighten a lot of things out because, I mean, one of the problems that these that these artists have, doesn't matter how big or how small you are. I mean, look at Taylor Swift. She had to re-record all her albums in a dispute with her label. And she's one of the biggest, one of the biggest pop stars on the planet, you know? So it's, you're, you're not, you're not too big for this sort of thing, but, but for the little, for the smaller artists, it's near impossible at this point, you know, to get ahead. And with, and, and if other places adopt Spotify's model, like, especially, especially if YouTube does it, because you figure someone like Justin Bieber got big off of YouTube, you know? So mm -hmm. if like, you know, if you have your own YouTube channel, like all that money is yours. Like if you're like, um, if it's through your label, then the label gets that money and then they give you what they think you should get. But if you're, um, if it's your YouTube channel, that's your money. So if you're putting out music on your YouTube channel and it's, and it's catching fire, right? Then all that money, like from the advertising, all that's yours. And you figure if you got some people who just do reaction videos, there was a dude, uh, No Life Shack, he calls himself. He does reaction videos and stuff like that. And he talked, he he cut a video a couple months ago talking about like the money he was making off of just doing reaction videos. He bought himself a Lamborghini or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. So if you can do that on reaction videos, if you make if you're making music and people like it. And you're starting to get those views, and and you're not cutting it with a label. There's a lot of money in it, but it's just a matter of the market is saturated. You throw you throw a rock, you're gonna hit like five starving artists in the forehead. <laughs> so, I, I I really hope that Megan Stallion does well, and I hope it causes a paradigm shift for independent artists because going with a, going with a major label, unless you're Adele, going with a major label is not the way to go. Because they're they're just gonna pull the marrow right out of your bones, you know. And real quick before we wrap, Bad Bunny, there's a lawsuit. Did you get a chance to listen to that um to that song that I put in, in the chat? Uh, uh I did not. No. Okay. If you hear it, you'll definitely know it. If you're any sort of a, a reggae fan from back in the day. But there was um, Steely and Cleavy. They are um, famous, well, at least in Jamaica, they're famous, famous reggae producers and stuff like that. And they had a song called Fish Market. So there, you ever hear of a song from Supercat? I, I don't know, how how big of a reggae fan are you? I like reggae. I like reggae and dancehall for sure. You remember a song from Supercat from back in the 90s called um, Nuff, Nuff Man of Dead? By who? Supercat. No, it's not. Yeah, like I never know the names of them. Just to be clear, I never know the names. Uh, and then I hear it, and then I I know it. I'm singing along, so it might be one of those situations. But okay. But Supercat was the first artist I ever heard use that particular beat. Steely and Cleavy made a made a song. It's like an instrumental track called Fish Market, and Fish Market is basically the basis for all this reggaeton stuff that's out now. Right. So long story short, Bad Bunny got caught up in this big class action lawsuit because now uh, I think one of them had passed away because they mentioned his estate and then the other guy. And then they are kind of they have a lawsuit. It's it covers 160 artists and over 1800 songs that have used that have sampled that beat. 
So uh, they're looking for their cut. And I was just like, yeah, you're uh, 30 years too late, pal. You know? Uh, and the judge is kind of wary about that suit and there's a lot behind it. But I figured it's kind of like, I, I'm wondering if it's because now with reggaeton and you have people like Bad Bunny who sells tons of records, why that's coming up now and why it didn't come up years ago when other reggae artists were using the same beat. Because that because Fish Market came out in 1990. And I think Nuff Man of Dead came out either in 92 or 93. That's the first song I ever heard use that particular beat. But I've heard plenty of songs use that beat, right? And then use that rhythm. So uh one of the one of the reasons why is because they said that they didn't have the knowledge of being able to uh claim their rights to the song or something like that. And then I don't know, it just it just feels weird, you know? And the judge is kind of like on the fence about it. But it can't it showed up on my feed because Bad Bunny's trying to get his name taken off the lawsuit. Right. Mm -hmm. and, that, and and that's how it popped up on my feed. Right. But you figure, let's just say for some reason, right? Um, and this is just a total fantasy scenario. Let's say this lawsuit goes through. And now Steely and Cleavy now like own Reggaeton. <laughs> that works that whole genre it could trigger a backlash from the record industry for all the times all these reggae artists literally took other artists songs and made reggae versions of it and never got paid for it and and i, I mentioned this in in a previous show uh one of the reasons why they don't really do it like that is is basically because there wasn't a lot of money in it so you may like, you know, mm -hmm. somebody may do a reggae version of Tony Braxton's Breathe Again, and then they may sell like 40,000 vinyl copies and may end up on a reggae compilation or two. And the money they would get from the royalties from that wouldn't even cover their court costs. But the music industry is nothing else if not petty. And I could see if this lawsuit were to go through and now you have like larger labels who were doing these reggaeton uh uh reggaeton songs uh lashing out it it could be it could be a mess it could be a real mess so i'm hoping they come up to they hope hope they come up to something on this but sampling has always been complicated it feels simple but it's always been complicated and i will say this if you're just taking that whole beat, I do feel that they should have gotten compensation for it. But for them to be like the new gatekeepers of reggaeton, that's a dangerous precedent. And I think that's what the judge is more concerned about. I don't think the judge is concerned about the money because fair is fair. If you took the beat, you got to pay for it. But mm -hmm. um, I think the judge is more concerned about all of a sudden, like it's going to stifle innovation because now it's going to go through these guys. You know, it's it's a very complicated lawsuit. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, but it just felt weird. And one last thing before we wrap. Did you ever, I, I still haven't watched this yet. Did you ever watch that show Squid Game on um, on Netflix? Yeah, I did. I, 
you know, I, I hate this. I hate to leave on on a, on a downer note, but America. I joked about this the pregame. You know, uh, basically channeling Eddie Murphy in his old standup. Like America is the type of country that could drop its ice cream in a pile of dog shit, and then just wipe away the dog shit and just eat the ice cream. Like we we don't really learn lessons. We don't really see the dystopia that we live in. Like I think I posted something on Facebook. Like now Google uh, Google Maps, basically, if there's a mass shooting, it'll pop up on Google Maps and then tell you how how it affects your how it'll affect your commute. Like mm -hmm. that's the dystopia that we that we live in now. You know, like we can't see the social commentary behind Squid Game. It's basically poor people killing each other or getting involved in these games to for the entertainment of the rich. Okay. They had a book that came out in the, um, God, when did it come out? Sometime in the eighties, Stephen King wrote under a pseudonym of Richard Bachman. And he wrote like uh, four or five books under it. And one of them was the running man. Now you may have seen the, um, the running man um, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -mm. It, well, if you ever see it, it's loose. It, it's basically to me, it's the cartoon version of that book. So the running man is like it's in the, set in a dystopian future, right? And um, oh, I did take a clip from it, and 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 like I like I joked about like this book came out in 1987. Nobody has a a a a future where everything works out right. <laughs> so they said. So this book was a no. I'm sorry. The movie came out in '87. The book was before that. But anyway, it says by 2017, the United States has become a totalitarian police state, following a worldwide economic collapse. The government pacifies the populace through violent TV shows. Its most popular being The Running Man, a broadcast game show where criminals fight for their lives as runners, fleeing from armed mercenaries called stalkers to earn a government pardon and a tropical vacation. So basically what happens is, well, I, I think that's more from the, the, the tropical vacation part is from the movie. So basically in the book, in the movie, you had a, like a, a set area that they, that they hunted you in. In the book, you had the entire country and everybody's in on it. So let's just say you, let's say I'm, I'm the running man and you see me at a bus stop someplace and you call it in and say, hey, I saw a Merce at the bus stop on 14th and K or whatever it is, right? And it pans out, they give you money. So the whole country's in on it. And it's basically, you know, however long you last, your family gets money. Because when they catch you, they're going to kill you. Mm. So, it's, so it's not like, okay, you get caught. It's, oh, okay, I'm going to go to my family. No, no. Uh, when, once the stalkers catch you, they're going to kill you. But for every day you stay alive, your family gets money. And this guy signs up for the show because his daughter is, is very ill and he can't afford medicine. So he signs mm -hmm. up and, and basically you go, they call it the games building. And you go in and you, um, you take a physical and then they figure out what game you're going to be on. So they have all these different games. So if you, like, let's just say, like, for B, okay, I'll just say for B, I, I definitely wouldn't be in the running man. They would give me a physical and then they'd be, okay, well, you're going to get on this game show called Treadmill for Bucks. And that's for people with heart conditions. So they put me on a treadmill, right? And they keep asking me questions. 
And every time I get a question wrong, they speed up the treadmill. <laughs> so either I have to ask enough right questions to slow it on the treadmill or I die of a heart attack. Like that's the dystopian future that they live in. And it's all what they call, what they call in the Roman days, bread and circus. So the fact, now the reason why I bring up Squid Game is because Netflix is also making a, uh, a game show about Squid, based on Squid Game. And I, and I had to look this up. Squid Game is basically based on, because I, I never saw Squid Game, but I, I, I'm guessing like all these challenges that they have to do are based on children's games. And Squid Game is actually like a, a Korean uh, children's game. Mm-hmm. And, from, and from what I saw, it looks kind of like hopscotch almost, right? Yeah, that's what they do. So, like, they play childhood games. They they did another movie similar to it on Tubi I watched mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. It was terrible. Um, but Squid Games mm-hmm. was pretty good. And they would do, like, red light, green light. If you got caught moving, they would shoot you. Like, shit like that. Um, but, yeah, it was it was just different children's games. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I look at it like this: the fact that they make a, a a game show out of it, they're totally missing the point of the whole thing about Squid Game. You know, they're missing the social commentary. So all they see is, hey, people like this; they like this show. Let's make a game show out of it. Totally glossing over the social commentary. I I'll put it like this, Odie. I went to the supermarket today. I buy the same thing just about every week. Like Saturday, I usually go Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, I go there and I just get stuff pretty much for the day, right? And then Sunday is the day where I make my list. I'm like, okay, I need this until next payday. So I get, okay, I need like this amount of things to, you know, to make for dinner for the next few days, for make for lunch for the next few days, for breakfast for the next few days, see what I got. And then, then, I, then I shop until the next payday. Right. And that's the one where it usually comes out to a bit more. But usually Saturday, I, I spend maybe like 25, 30 bucks tops. My, I, I went there $45. The same shit I buy every week is cost me like 15 bucks more. The boxes of oatmeal that I buy will at least be $2.99 are now $3.99. You know, uh, they had the, the nerve, the unmitigated fucking gall, the, 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 um, the Cheez-Its, the little cheese crackers, they're like, it's $7 for the box now, but it was on sale for $3.99. And I'm like, that's how $3.99 is how much they usually cost. They don't cost like $6.50, $7 for a box. The same size box, mind you. You know? And even with the oatmeal, I was telling my brother, it's like, okay, you're charging me an extra buck per box, but now there's less packets in it. It used to be 10 packets. Now it's eight packets. So you charge you, I get two less packets, but I pay a dollar more for the box. It's greedflation. There's no reason. They're like, oh, there's a war someplace. Got to raise prices. You know, people can't afford cars anymore. They can't afford insurance anymore. They can't afford to live anymore. They can't afford, you got people paying $2,000 a month for studio apartments. You know, this dystopia that they're talking about, it's on its way. And when you see a, a movie like Squid Game, it's letting you know, hey, this, I mean, I know this is just a, a, a seems like a wacky TV show, 
but it could happen if it if it could. And then they just say, oh, we'll just make a game show out of it. And then people will just like, it's it's just all bread and circus. Like that's what they did in the Roman Empire. They give them bread and circus. So people will forget that they're starving to death and that, and that they haven't been to work in four months. And and we fall for it every time. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it worked in the Roman days and it's working now. You know, the whole bread and circus thing. And I, 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 when I saw this, I, I, and, and I almost got banned from Facebook for posting about it. And I guess because I put Americans are weird, and then they, I got a warning that it, that it's that it may be hate speech. I didn't even curse. I just, I talked about them missing the whole point of social commentary of Squid Game, and then the last line, Americans are weird. And I, and I got, a, I got a warning. If I don't take it down, they're going to ban me. They're going to suspend me. And I, and I'm guessing it's blowback from this whole thing with with uh, with uh, Israel and Palestine. Like if like if you if you insult Americans, that's a crime now, because Mark Zuckerberg's a fucking fascist. And um, it, it's it's like we never get it. Like you have a story about a a, a, a eighty two year old man who works at Walmart, and the people at Walmart got together and gave him a GoFundMe and, you know, and they got the goal, a hundred thousand dollars. So now he could retire and, and the news will put it as a feel good story. Like, Oh, everybody came together and he helped this old man out totally glossing over why an 82 year old man has to work at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And, he has, and he has to work at Walmart because his pension no longer supports him. So it's not like so he I hate has these a stories too. Yeah, I hate I hate the other stories where they're talking about um what what's the storyline where the people like don't have a little a little wage, so they've been biking to work for like a year or two years or however long. Mm-hmm. Should be pissing me off too. They had one where somebody called it out where a little kid was um had like a lemonade stand right and they were selling lemonade because she's helping her classmates pay off their lunch debt so basically they were like oh it, it's really it's really mm-hmm. heartwarming that a, that a that a child has to perform child labor to pay off lunch debt like when i was in school there was no such thing as lunch debt you went to school and they they fed you you know when I was in elementary school, now I will say this: I don't remember getting breakfast in elementary school, but we definitely got lunch. So you definitely went down to cafeteria, you had your tray, and then you got lunch, right? In high school, you know, same thing. You know, you now high school you had to pay for lunch, right? But it was pretty cheap. It wasn't like you had to pay like a, a whole ton of money. And, and and you know what? I take that back. It wasn't that you had to pay for lunch; you had to pay for extra things. So like yeah. you got lunch. So like if you wanted like a chocolate milk, you had to pay for it. If you wanted like cookies or cake, cake, you had to pay for it. But you got lunch. So if they had like, you know, like lasagna and vegetables and bread and stuff like that, they just gave it to you. And then if you wanted extra, you paid for it. But this whole idea of them cutting budgets so that you have lunch debt is fucking preposterous. And Americans just it just goes right over our heads. You know. 
They don't dare say, oh, that's so heartwarming. That little girl's helping her classmates out. Yeah, why is there a lunch debt? Why do these kids have to worry about, oh, I might not be able to graduate or go to the next grade because I have lunch debt? That's preposterous in the richest country in the world. So I, I, I really, and you know the worst part, I, I could hope all I want to. People, people are going to watch Squid Game Challenge. They're going to watch it. They're going to be commenting on it. They're going to be live streaming it. They're going to be, oh my God, he played hopscotch like a champ. I can't believe he lost. I who gives a fuck. People are out of your fucking minds. Um, and and Netflix is now twenty two bucks a month for the uh for the premium. When Netflix uh streaming started, it was seven dollars and ninety nine cents, and now it's twenty two dollars. So, no. I will say one thing. I may get Hulu for a month. Uh. Just to catch up on some things, I I I only have Peacock, and I'll see how much it costs. <laughs> I may get it for a month. There are some things on there that I do want to watch, right? But as far as like HBO Max and uh, and all the other channels, especially Netflix now, like I I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, mm. there there's there there's no way. Like if if I could if I could buy them, if there's something I really want to watch, I'll I'll buy it on DVD. If it's not available on DVD, I guess I'll just have to pirate it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend money on. I, I would. I was with Netflix for 20 years. I signed up with them in 2002. And what's it? 20, 21 years. 2023. I, I quit them a couple months ago. You know, I was with them through thick and thin, but they just, uh, they're just the worst now. Like somebody was talking about it today. Let me ask you a question, Odie, before we wrap up. Like. Do you think it's just a, a a childhood misremembering? But do you think that fast food tastes way worse now than it did when we were kids? I think it's a combination of things. Um, but yes, the short answer is yes. Um, I think that in order to mass produce more, quality has gone down. Um, I think that we as children have stronger taste buds because just imagine something you, you try for the first time. Like, you know, it's the sweetest thing that you've ever tasted or the most sour thing you've ever tasted. And you can't get that first time back once you've had it for the first time. You kind of like become desensitized to it. So I think that's why as we get older, that's like we become bored with food. And trying new foods or foods that we didn't like as kids becomes more prevalent because it's like, oh, shit, like I hated this taste when I was a kid, but I like this taste now because it's a new, bold flavor. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it's a combination of things. I, I, I think for me, stuff like, like, um, I'm a type 2 diabetic, so there's a lot of things I don't eat anymore, Right like pancakes and cereal and um, ice cream and stuff like that. But every now and then I'll get like a, like my favorite candy bar when I was a kid was a uh, Milky way. Right. And every once in a blue moon, I'll get a Milky way. And it will really just remind me of being a kid because it, to me, it tastes the same as it did when I was a kid, 
you know, no, or, 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 or I'll get like a Cadbury cream egg during the Easter season. Right. And it will taste just like it did when I was a kid, you know, or, or candy corn this time. I mean, I, uh, I'm not going to buy a bag of candy corn cause I'll be dead by dawn. <laughs> <laughs> but like some little bags, I could I could tolerate that. But but yeah, but if I'm if 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 I'm at work and people are putting out candy, I have like a little mixed bag of mixed candy that has candy corns, and I'll I'll grab a bag, you know, because uh, I mean I mean one of the things about the office when people have like Halloween and the candy that they don't give away, they bring it to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll get I'll get a little handful of candy corns, and they taste like they did when I was a kid. But fast food is just absolutely. It tastes brutal now. Like it is, it was really easy for me to stop eating fast food because of just how horrible it tastes now. Especially McDonald's. McDonald's is the absolute worst. Even their fries suck now. And people, somebody on TikTok was talking about how, you know, the price of all the stuff is going up, but the quality is just going down. And the quality of just, uh, have you ever flown Frontier Airlines? Mm-mm. Frontier Spirit, and there's a new one. Uh, Sun, nope. Well, have not flown. We'll probably never fly. Like I said, it has to be my last and only resort. They had a controversy. Well, not a controversy, a, a class action lawsuit <laughs> against um, Frontier because they have this thing where it's like if you put your bag and they have like this, this uh, I guess like this container, and mm-hmm. if your bag doesn't fit in the container, you got to check the bag and they charge you $99 to check your bag. And somebody figured out, like, if you go to, like, other airlines and put it in their container, it fits just fine. But Frontier, they purposely made theirs smaller just so that you'll have to, to force you to pay the $99 fee to check your bag. You know, I'm in a lot of travel groups, obviously. And what some people have resorted to doing is take their tape measure with them when they travel and they will like measure the thing and be like I call bullshit this this doesn't even meet your specs and then all of a sudden they're allowed to bring their carry on yeah but yeah frontier was taking it up a level because what they were doing was uh frontier and spirit was they were paying people commissions for every bag that they were able to get people to pay for yeah, I'm convinced that happened on my my last American flight when I went to Spain. We were coming home, we were coming home with the same bags we traveled with, and I was forced to check them on the way home. Hmm. And, and, and um, and, I, and my I, bag, I, my bag did fit. And then she was like, "Oh, you can't force it in." I'm like, "I'm not forcing it in. I'm just lining it up." And um, yeah, I had to pay to check my bag. When I say I was pissed, I was pissed. And how much they charge you for that? Uh, it's like seventy five a bag. Fuck that. That that's preposterous, you know. And I I I you know I I will well I'll talk about this more in politics about uh some of some of Joe Biden's people that he hired were actually really good, but like Pete Buttigieg's travel secretary has just been absolutely abysmal. He's he's like the worst. And I don't know why they let him be transportation secretary. Well, I do know why. That's a whole different matter altogether. But we'll talk about that another time. But 
I do want to say, uh, and I know it's, I know it's still a somber note. I do want to say, rest in peace to Richard Roundtree. He passed away mm-hmm. uh, this week. Uh, they labeled him as the first black action hero. You know, and I I remember watching Shaft as a kid back in the back in the seventies. You know, the the um the uh, the Isaac Hayes theme song and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I I didn't watch the new Shaft, the one with him and Samuel L. Jackson and the other kid in there. I didn't. There I didn't get a chance to watch continuity it. plot holes in there, but okay, yeah, I did. I did watch. It 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 feels like a turn your brain off type of movie. It, it was. <laughs> You know, kind of like Godzilla versus King Kong. So I, you know, in honor of Richard Roundtree, if I could, uh, if I can, if I can rent it on Amazon, I'll wait until after after the the spooky season's over. But I'll I'll, I'll watch in honor of Richard Roundtree. You know, rest in peace. You know, so. um, he also was on Being Mary Jane as Gabrielle Union's dad, and his wife was Suge Avery. Uh, Damn, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her real name. But Suge Avery from Color Purple. You know, I, 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 I'm I, going to mail you my black card so you could throw it in the shredder. I've never seen Color Purple. I know. Seen, I know. Don't I, worry. You don't have to mail it to me. I'm, I'm aware. But, um... <laughs> damn, what the fuck? Like, what else? She's been in a lot of stuff. Like, we've seen her in a lot of stuff. But I did enjoy them um, on Being Mary Jane. As a, as a couple, they were really cute together. Um, and of course, he also played Nia Long's dad on uh, on um, Fresh Prince. And okay. Will Smith's character, I'm I'm sure this is probably inspired by real events, though. But his character on the show was like obsessed with Shaft, and um. So to see him play her father and finally be on the show, even though it wasn't a shaft, obviously, was right. like kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, I see what y'all did here. Like this is cool. <laughs> I, I, you know, I would love to see Will Smith and and Jazzy Jeff make another Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff album, just so I could see Will smile again. Well, he was smiling. He was interviewing uh, Peppa, talking about their one date. Really? So, yeah, okay. I'll send you the clip. He was, okay. he was cracking the fuck up. He was kiki, yeah. having a good kiki going down memory lane. You know Salt what? Was, Salt you know was what? there too, just to be clear. But like, okay, him and Pep were were having this conversation, and basically he made a comment about how he was afraid to treach, and she was like, "Yeah, that was a very wise decision." <laughs> Apparently, treach was not one to be trifled with back in that nope. day. No, he was not. Oh, I was going to say, too, uh, Richard Roundtree, what else was he on? I was like, oh, that was my shit. Um, A Different World, he played Kim Reese's father. He played a lot of dads. Yeah, he played a <laughs> lot of dads. But the most, like, the most popular episode was when he came down. He was a cop. Which, of course, why wouldn't he have been a cop, right? <clears throat> But um, he wanted Kim to like go to homecoming, like stay at Hillman for homecoming, and Kim wanted to go down to the Freaknik. That's what she called. Mm. It. I was just like, "Oh, Freaknik! What a time to be alive!" I bet you that was a good time. 
But um, <laughs> she took she went down to Freaknik and he came from Ohio where she was from and and uh, surprised her or whatever. And like Whitley Gilbert was trying to keep him occupied and pretended to look for her the whole time. Meanwhile, her ass was off in uh, D.C. I mean, um, in Atlanta, having a good old time. Uh, <laughs> and then later on the show, like his other storyline, she had to go back to Ohio because he had been shot. Um, by somebody and Ooh. they they were praying for him to make it. Wow. But yeah, yeah. Definitely always always a dad. But a handsome dad, nonetheless. You know why? Because yeah. everybody's probably like everybody's probably like, I wish he was my dad. And they were like, that's probably how he gets all those roles. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and, and before uh before I go, I have to say Jada Pickett's book flopped. And I'm not I'm never one to laugh at someone else's failures. It's not like Jada Pickett's gonna be homeless now. But it, it did um I I know Carmen's gonna come back and get me for this. It did put a little smile on my face. Question yeah. um how do people get on New York Times bestseller list when they're flopping everywhere else? Now it she didn't make the bestsellers list, right? Um on New York Times, yeah like number three. Really? Charlemagne actually defended her. Um, I wish I, I'm gonna see if I could find the post. But he did defend her and was basically like nobody cares about the truth when a lie is more entertaining. How could the book be a flop when it's number three on New York Best Times on New York Times bestseller list? And when I, um when I, when I looked it up, and and I and I apologize for cutting you off. No, you're when fine. I, up stuff. Yeah, when I when I looked it up, because that's that's why you know I, I saw an article that the book had flopped, and I didn't see. Um, let me see, October twenty twenty three. So let's see, October eighth. So let's see, combined. I just sent it to you on Instagram. Okay. Uh, this is what Charlemagne's two cents was. I truly don't know what's happening in media anymore. As you can see, Worthy debuted at number three on the New York Times bestsellers list, which is huge. But when you swipe left, you see headlines saying the book is a flop. How is a book debuting at number three on the New York Times bestsellers list considered a flop? One headline said it barely cracked the top ten. I'm truly confused by this. It's a good thing Halloween is right around the corner because we are truly in some spooky times. Nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more entertaining, but always remember truth will always be the truth, regardless of lack of understanding, disbelief, or ignorance. Now, Charlemagne... I'm like, like, shut the fuck up, Charlemagne, you jackass. Um, (laughs) If you listen to The Breakfast Club, though, he always calls himself a Smith Pinkett Knowles Carter, meaning that's who he stands for. Um, He's like, yeah, my name is Charlemagne Smith Pinkett. Knowles Carter. Oh boy. So if it's Will Smith, Jada Pinkett, Beyonce Knowles. Uh, I, I, I do not see Carter. it because I'm on, well, this is October 29th. That's tomorrow. So let me see here. Oh, you know what? Hold on. That may be why. Hold on. Let me go. Um, nonfiction. Okay. And then, and then let me let me go back from there. 
I think that may be why I didn't see it. And, and then I saw the article and then I just went with it. So let me see. Um, I, I, I had it under fiction. I didn't realize they, they, they separated them. So let me see. So let me, let me go back a week. So it would be, so it is the week of October 22nd. I got Going Infinite, Killers of the Flower Moon, Killing the Witches, Elon Musk, Enough, Making It So, Aster. Okay, that's the top 10. It's not there. Let me go back a week. October 15th, the Democrats Hate America, Democracy Awakening, Elon Musk, Ticket in Water, Aster. No, I don't see it in the top 10. And this is combined print, uh, print and ebook nonfiction. And then a week before that, Elon Musk, Aster, Kills of the Flower Moon. No, I don't see it. So I don't know what the hell Charlemagne's talking about. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. Know. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. We'll talk about it. Next, we'll talk about it next week. But I don't know. Mm. Anyway, Odie, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> final thoughts. Hmm. Hmm. I guess I'll be grateful for Beyonce giving us a little time this week by get you know giving us more than two words through captions. She usually doesn't talk to her fans, but she's uh selling some perfume, so I guess she said I'll you know give y'all a little something. Um. So thank you to Beyonce for that. Also, thank you to Lorenz Tate for um deciding that Love Jones didn't need a sequel. Sometimes you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And that was very noble and honorable, even though it could have been, you know, a cash grab. Because, like, I would certainly pay to see Love Jones Part 2. I don't I don't know what the fuck Nina and Darius would be up to right about now. But um, I'd, I'd pay for it, especially because The Best Man was done really well. So right. if they were going to do The Best Man, like, or get some of those writers back in the room, then maybe... But um, it's still honorable. I I also I just like Lawrence Tate. I he just seems like a nice dude. He's I, I wonder what he been. I haven't heard from him in a while. And I and I well, like he, Lawrence. He's still on Power. He's on Power. Oh, oh okay. He, he's on the spinoff, um, where the sun. So he's based in New York. The one he's on the one with Method Man. He is not a nice guy at all on that one. Um, but yeah, he, he's on that one. He's on power. So he's working still. Okay. Good, good to know. I think the last movie I saw with Lorenz Tate in the theaters was Dead Presidents. And that was, Ooh, that was back so in good. the 90s. Yeah. My husband trying to get me to, my husband trying to get me to watch that movie. I've never seen that movie. So since we talking about black cards, <laughs> I've yeah. never seen that one. Keith David was in it. It was, uh. No, uh, I keep calling him Keith David. Uh, is a key, I, I always get that mixed up. I and I and I and I apologize because uh, he's one of my favorite actors. It is Keith David. Okay, I keep wanting to call him because he has two first names. I always want to call him David Keith. Mm. <laughs> but nah, they 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 did a good job with that movie. And then it was the first movie I saw Bakeem Woodbine in, where I thought he did a good job. Like mm. in some of his earliest stuff, I wasn't a fan of him, but now I like Bakeem Woodbine. I think he, he finally uh, 
he finally won me over as an actor. <laughs> but that was the first movie I seen him in where I was like, huh, he did a good job in this. So, all right. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can catch us anywhere where you can get podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. And um, go out, have fun. Oh, and also have a, and everybody have a safe and happy Halloween. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah. And and enjoy yourself. Be uh, be spooky, but stay safe. All right. Sounds good. Bye, guys.